you've been listening to our podcast recently, you know that things with Neil haven't been too smooth. But you know what is smooth? My balls. Thanks to the first ever sponsor of our podcast, Manscaped. When you're ethnic like me, you need all the help you can get cleaning up the groin area. So luckily, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Manscaped has just launched in Australia and I bought my boyfriend the Lawn Mower 3.0 because I thought it was fitting because he's a landscaper. And the battery life is crazy. It lasts 90 minutes. You can listen to this podcast, have this running and then still have enough battery left over to give it a good shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom the shower. And as a woman, this has my tick of approval because I hate seeing pubic hair in the sink. One of the coolest features is the LED light for a closer and more precise trim. And trust me, I need all the help I can get. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Wish some of my toys could upgrade to that. It has a beautiful charging stand, all powered by USB. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code sexcells at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure you use the code sexcells. It's in the description. It's in the comments. Get yours today. It smells so good. I can't. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about how men and women relate to each other in the modern world. My name is Neil. I'm the comedian. I like to think I'm a bit of a therapist, but I'm not. You are. Oh, You're an armchair no. therapist. Yeah, I'm an armchair <laughs> therapist. I am uh, uh, a comedian slash soothsayer. Love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the next Russell Brand. We should give you a new name, Little Lion. Little Lion. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, that's a, good, that's a good nickname. I'll take that. Because oh, you're still the king of the jungle. You're just a little one. But Oh, my God. Neil the little lion, Cole Hadkar. <laughs> uh, uh, if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, uh, all the subscriptions go towards charity. Go to neilcolehacker.com slash podcast. At the $1, 2 and $3 a month level, you'll get access to uh, exclusive Discord. And for $30... We will answer a question, and we're going to answer two questions on this podcast. So lucky you guys. But before we start, I mean, I'm not sure when this podcast will go live, but I'm assuming near the end of March. Uh, it, no, sorry. This will probably be mid-April, actually. Yeah, it is the end of March. It's Yeah, we're recording it <laughs> in the end of March. Oh, don't give away the trade secrets. Uh, but there's a lot in the media about – we touched on it. We jokingly touched on it in the last uh, – Mm. episode uh there's a lot going on in the media about the uh toxic male culture within the liberal party of australia quite recently there was also very tragically a woman who was kidnapped raped and murdered in london by Mm. a well allegedly by a police officer and there's nrl players that are being found guilty of sexual assault and the david dobrik thing the, oh i just found out about that yeah. today so now he's being accused of rape so is he being accused of rape or he was just he, he had well, not just but he'd filmed part of it or something i don't I'm, think he actually partook in anything I oh don't know. okay i'm not i don't yeah. know all i know is there is some sort of sexual misconduct that be, yeah. is being leveled towards him he's lost all his sponsorships and mm. the woman i can only imagine what she's going through so uh all of this is coming to the fore, yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot of Instagram posts, a lot of Facebook stories, a lot uh, sorry, on Instagram TikTok. stories, a lot on TikTok, yeah. a lot of uh, conflict as well, a lot of men pushing back. 
mm. on on the uh, on the criticism against the not all men narrative. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of stories saying men need to be yes, even though it's not all men that are doing this, all men need to be held accountable for letting things slide and letting things go. Uh, I'm also just seeing a sentiment of frustration. We're fed up. We've had enough of this. We don't want to have to put up with it mm-hmm. anymore. So let me hear your two cents uh, on on the issue and what do you mm. think the uh, appropriate response culturally then also legally is? Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a, it's a crazy time for all women in particular, I think, that are coming forward with a lot of their stories and experiences of sexual assault, harassment, you know, saying that this is something that 90% of women experience. That's the ballpark stat, which is pretty crazy. And when it comes into this whole not all men debate is that yes, not all men assault women but the difference of sexual assault between women that women experience compared to what men experience is so vast and so significant that um you're apparently you are as a male you're 200 times more likely to be raped yourself than you are to have a false allegation made against you. So all this kind of pushback about allegations and not all men and women are saying, we don't need you to apologize on behalf of men when you haven't done anything. We just need you to stand by us and support us. And it's not about, you know, if you haven't actively put this on your Instagram that you don't support women. It's about if you have a friend or if you know someone that has sexually assaulted or harassed significantly a female and you need to call them out and you witness that yourself, you should call them out. That is the this aspect of all men need to be accountable. It's not accountable for other men's actions. It's accountable for making women safe uh, because even still we're constantly getting to, you know, messages sent at us, watch what you're wearing, be careful where you go, you know, wear this and don't walk this way, walk this way. And it should be more about educating men and making it more dangerous for men to to assault women because one in 200 cases of sexual assault make it to court. It's one in 200. And out of those one in 200 cases that make it to court, only one out of 10 get convicted. So it's pretty significant um, experience and traumatic for a woman to go through and then to have nothing come from that. And it is such an everyday lived experience. Like I can think back three days was the last time I got basically sexually harassed. I was in a lift the other day and this man, this gross man next to me, turned around and started said, oh, you smell beautiful. And I said, thank you. And then he literally held me and put his nose on my neck and breathed me in. And I was, and we were on the ground floor of a police station (laughs) and he's doing this like in a lift. Uh, I was so taken aback. So it's just such a common thing that when we experience, and even just listening back to our conversations at the beginning of when we first started doing podcasts, which was how many months ago was that? Like 
seven months, seven, eight months, yeah. nine months maybe. Yeah, like I was always listing all these times of, oh, this guy picked me up and smacked me against the wall and this guy did this and like so crazy. But now I'm like, oh, my gosh, the amount of times I've been sexually assaulted and haven't actually done anything about it because the times I have, nothing came from it. It's just crazy. So I think it's good that it's becoming now, at least for women, it's it's more accepted to call it out. It's more accepted to say, have personal boundaries rather than being like, you know, be polite if someone's harassing you, walk away quietly, stop. Now it's more like we're being taught to say, get your hands off me, do not fucking touch me so that other people can hear. And I think that's important lesson for us all to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't imagine yeah. what that's like. And I'm sure, uh, I hope, if I'm ever in a situation where there's someone outwardly harassing or, or uh, you know, dehumanizing a woman, I would yeah. do something about it. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw that video I sent you. Now, I don't... It, I am not disputing that there's clear issues in the legal system, mm. major issues. The rape cases take way too long. Mm -hmm. There's a huge backlog. The standard of proof, which is beyond a reasonable doubt, when it comes to a drunken incident mm -hmm. in a hotel room, if one person's saying it happened and one person's saying it doesn't happen, it didn't happen, that's always going to constitute a reasonable doubt. Mm -hmm. So something's got to give. I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. Uh but I don't know if you ever saw that video I sent you. It's by a woman called Christina Hoff Summers. I know she's controversial and things, but she broke down that statistic, which is that whatever, what, 0.1% of rapists actually go to jail. Oh. So that statistic is assuming that all the uh, cases that are brought to the police would have otherwise been guilty cases. So there's a lot of cases where, I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine there'd be some cases where the police would look at it and be like, okay, that's not assault, or also it could be, we don't have enough evidence to pursue that. But you can't, but that statistic is assuming that all of them are actual guilty instances of rape. Yeah. Look, I understand where this comes from and it, it makes sense, but I think as someone that has worked with a lot of sexual assault survivors and I've been through court processes with children for this as a support person, like young girls, I definitely believe that regardless of the literal percentage of the truth, it is still way, way too high and the court system is so just, it's fucked up. Like I went to court once with a girl who was, um, she, it was a, a work situation. So I was her support person because she didn't have family mm. and she was a teenager and she had been raped and sexually assaulted by her, uh, a family member, let's say in her home for many, many years. And it was so horrific and she had undergone so much trauma and abuse from this person that she had tried to take it to, when I met her, she was 16 and she'd been in court with for it since she was 12. Um, so the rape had been happening all the way up until 12 or even after she had initially made a report for it. And when we went to court, I was so shocked at the defense, the questions that they would ask her. So they would be like, um, Okay, so he's sitting beside you on the bed and 
you, he went to touch you, which arm did he touch you with? And she'd be like, um, I think it was his right arm. And he go, they go, you think it was his right arm or it was his right arm? And she'd be like, I don't know. I was like nine. I can't remember. I'm 16 now. I'm not sure. And then they'll be like, okay, then what did you do? And she'd be like, I pushed his arm away with my left hand. And they'll be like, why would you use your left hand when you're right hand dominant? So those kind of things were always being questioned. And then at one point, the defense came to us separately and said, hey, we'd really like to subpoena your counseling records, you know, could help you because that way we can prove, you know, ongoing that you've said, um, you know, throughout your years of therapy that you were sexually assaulted. And Mm. she was like, oh, this is going to be good because I have said that so many times I've described it. And I said to her, I was like, do not let them subpoena your your counseling notes because I've seen this happen so many times. But she consented to it, so they got her court notes. And then their whole defense became in one counseling session out of 150 that she had done, in one of them she had mentioned that she had watched, you know, went through a period of a few weeks of watching porn um, as a child. I'm not sure if it was before or after the assaults, but then the entire defense became this is a porn-addicted child who's made up this assault, blah, blah, blah this kind of thing. And anyway, she lost the case. So that was one of, I've been to court probably like eight times in very similar situations and even not family rape, but just sexual assaults, random assaults. And it's always this really horrific victim shaming. And, you know, those defense lawyers, they have to do that. That's their job. But it's so this is why women don't want to come forward with it. Hmm. But, you know, if you're a female listening to this, there is something you can do. It's called a SARA where you can basically create a document, outline every single thing that's happened in your assault, all the details, all the names of the person, and it doesn't become, it doesn't get legally actioned, but at least it's there the day that it happened or soon afterwards so that if in the future you something comes up or other people come forward with the same person, they, that document is on file. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's very tragic, and and there clearly is issues in the in the legal system. Yeah. Is if the incentive is to not come forward, then justice isn't really being served. But at the same time, we have to be honest about those statistics. I don't know what, but from what that you know, I can even link it in the description. Um, th- those are on the American statistics as well. Uh, but just because a case is brought to the police doesn't mean it was definitely a a case of rape that's all and i think that statistic is but the basing st- it of the the um, idea that what is the stat though is the stat that not all like not one in 10 court cases are guilty or is it that not every case sexual like person coming forward with sexual assault was actually sexually assaulted from what i've seen i'm not this is not your personal not opinion an expert yeah. on this or anything like that but um I see people posting things and they're often visual of like, this is the chance of you being falsely accused as a man. Yeah. Now, those are the court cases that have been proved to be a false accusation yeah. within court. It's mm. not It's not taking into account all of the ones that were thrown out earlier because it was a false accusation or because it was perceived to be a false accusation. Mm. And there's also a statistic where it's like, this is the likelihood of a rapist actually going to jail. It's less than 1% or something, but that's... When you take into account women who have uh, not even gone to the police, who have gone to the police, and again, whether or not the police have actually looked at it and there's a problem with the police and they're like, oh, mm. nah, she was asking for it, therefore we're not going to prosecute it, that could be the case. But 
but you cannot assume that all the cases that don't result in a guilty put yes. in a guilty verdict were rape cases. Yes, because yeah. you don't know whether if it had gone through the proper trial whether it would have been yes. guilty or yeah. not. So all I'm saying is I'm not saying that it's not a flawed system and that it's not horrifically traumatic for um, survivors, but but that statistic is misleading. I'll just say that. It's, it's not to say it's not mm, me being like, oh, therefore the whole culture doesn't need to change or anything like that. But it's just not, you know, it's you can't you can't then just put out fake statistics to get people to to to, to drum up support for something when the statistic isn't actually real. That's well, it's disingenuous. I kind of disagree because I think that if it's one percent or ten percent. Even though there's a big difference between that, it's still that it is a very the massive minority of cases that go to court are actually. But wait, and I'm not disagreeing. Are, with yeah, it. yeah, are actually you know convicted. However, even though basically, let's say one out of ten or one out of a hundred, only one is getting you know convicted, but the likelihood of false allegations, we have evidence of how many those happen, and they are so minimal and insignificant it can't really match the other statistics so you're more likely to die from being eaten by a shark or getting electrocuted uh, not yeah struck by lightning than you are to be accused of sexual assault falsely accused sorry again but that's based on the cases that have been proven in the court to have been a false allegation there could have been a lot of false allegations that never got to court in the same way there's a lot of Rape cases that may not have got to court. I'm not arguing that mm. there's a problem at all. I just I just think it is important if it's one percent or ten percent. It's it's always any more than mm. one is too much. Yeah. But I just still think it's important to be honest about that statistic. We can never get correct statistics about anything That's ever. True. You yes. can't get correct stats about how much violence occurs in a home or abuse or verbal abuse or anything like that because it relies on people to be completely upfront and honest. And it, we can't prove every single thing. That's but true. at the end of the day, it is the vast majority, 90 plus percent at least, let's say, or even if it's 80 plus percent or 70 plus percent, it's so, the the stat is way too high as it is, regardless of the exact percentage. It's way too significant for the abuse against like women, sexual abuse and harassment is too significant to be, to mm. even exist. It shouldn't be this high. It shouldn't be this thing. If it's, you know, zero percent or or 50%, even that's too much, you know. So I think that regardless of the actual number crunched down, this is such an experience that women, you know, go through that it should be addressed and it should be brought forward, I think. I'm not, but yeah. again, like I'm not arguing with that though. That's, yeah, but I guess we're, we're, I think we're disagreeing we, on this because yeah. you're saying, you know, that there can be, misconstrued evidence or, or stats and i'm saying it doesn't matter what the actual stat is the fact that it's the vast okay. majority yeah yeah well i can agree that there's a, a problem and mm -hmm. something needs to be done but i guess we can agree to disagree that i think that the exact statistic does matter mm -hmm. because then i just think that's a, you know you're lying to people then. yes but those statistics that's come from whatever her name is are get are against statistics that come from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So why would no. they be lying about 
you know, the amount, there's no way that you can collect the data 100% effectively. So the stats that are circling at the moment that everyone is talking about are coming from, you know, government surveys and things like that. And and there's always going to kind of be these outliers or influences or, or, or varying factors in it. But it doesn't, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if nine, if 97 out of a hundred women have been sexually assaulted or harassed compared to 87, it's still so significant and, and terrifying that that's even the stat. Okay, yeah. I mean, I just feel like we're not yeah. really disagreeing on the, yeah, on the, the, the enormity of, mm. of the problem. Mm. I do think that would be important, though. If it was 97 to 87, for example, I think it's important to just still be honest about those sorts of things. I don't think anyone's lying about it intentionally. I think that there's, you know, varying factors that can't be helped. It's not a lie, but it's uh, the interpretation. It's the same as the wage gap thing, right? It's like, oh, women earn 73 cents uh, on the dollar of every man earns. And the implication... And I know this because a lot of people construe it this way: is that oh, if I because I, if I'm a woman in the workforce, I'm literally going to get paid seventy five percent of what a man gets paid. That's not true. When you, it's the cumulative total of all the income earned within the year divided by the hours worked, and then it works out to be all right. Men earn this much more when you take into account a lot of these other factors, but there could also be the factor of discrimination and sexism in the workplace. But when you just put out that statistic, it, it's misleading because it, the implication is, and I'm talking about just this wage gap statistic yeah, yeah. here, but the implication is that, all right, if you go and work at McDonald's because you're a woman, you'll only get $10 an hour, whereas the man will get $14 an hour. And that's mm. illegal. It's illegal to discriminate like that. The point is... It may it. What you do when you when you use statistics and 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 use them in misleading ways, is it you're not being honest about the problem, right? So that's my issue with it. Like I, I'm not arguing with you with how bad the, this problem is, and we all want to see it get to zero or at least as close to zero as possible. But I just think it's not. I don't want to live in a world where just because there's a really horrific problem we can just ignore statistical truths or or misinterpret statistics i don't want to live in that world and and i also don't but more importantly yes i don't want to live in a world where you know women don't feel safe walking home at night um <laughs> well, anyway how long is that been? 20 minutes <laughs> around. but uh the other thing i would bring up is that I think a lot of men hear this, you know, this is what the experience is for a woman and they immediately hear, oh, so you're saying it's so easy as a man. And that's not true. That's not what they're saying. They're just saying, hey, this is our lived experience. Can you try and understand that? Because we, you know, we don't, obviously. Um, mm. I think there is a bit of miscommunication with the not all men thing because... I've seen infographics and stories on Instagram that say, yes, it's not all men, but if you if you got a box of apples and one of them was 
full, you know, full of piss or something, you're obviously going to be skeptical of all the apples, right? Mm. Now, see, that's where. Why is that any different? Because I saw a TikTok of a guy saying, like, all right, if you want to break it down by groups like that, well, men of color are far more likely to commit sexual assault. So then shouldn't you be more skeptical of men of color? And then why is it then any different to saying, okay, a certain percentage of Muslims uh, undertake terrorist attacks? Well, it's fair to just be skeptical and scared of all Muslims then. Oh, God, that rubs me the wrong way. Honestly, this as a woman, this is so difficult for me to hear. And I know that you love your stats, so I'll we we have different perspectives of sure. this. Okay. And we're gonna have different experiences because I'm someone that's I've been sexually assaulted way too many times and sexually harassed a billion times. Mm-hmm. So and every single girl I know has been sexually assaulted. Or almost mm-hmm. every single girl I know. So it's very difficult when people say, well, why not you? But in these people that you're talking about mm-hmm. are like, well, why? If you don't trust men, then you can't trust this and you can't trust that. No, like it's someone put it kind of in a way that if you put a man in a room with 20 women, he may feel like he's in heaven. If you put a woman in a room with 20 men, she's going to be terrified. And I, f- mm-hmm. I feel that in my bones. Like it's something that we, you, and I know I've said this before and we had this, we won't go into this because we had the biggest debate about this, about you can't truly understand the very f- feeling and experience of a woman as mm-hmm. a male. But the reason women are so passionate about that is because of this. We're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it because it's like, who cares about if it's one man or, or two men that do this? It's the fact that it's happening to us at the hands of men so significantly, so frequently that it is the experience of most women to ha- and most adult women to have had this. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think that this big pushback. But then there are some you know, women that take it so far and they're like, if you're a man, fuck you. If you're a man, don't fucking talk to me. If you're a man, you're a piece of trash because all men are like shit and those are the people that aren't doing us justice Mm -hmm. um but then there's women that are trying to explain in in ways much better than i can that we we don't need these stats broken down for us we don't need you to explain that not every single man is shit we need you to understand that this is an experience that we all basically all of us go through mm-hmm. or have gone through and we need understanding and we need empathy and we need you to come on board and realize that that's so fucked up like mm. this we need we need you guys on our team essentially that's what we're asking for but then i think when men question some of those uh interpretations of of either the statistics or also the the rhetoric that's being said on social media, it's not that we don't think that's fucked up. It's not that we Mm. don't think that's disgusting. It just, we do just pose the question, like, are you then not saying it's okay to discriminate if we feel a certain way? Mm. Because again, like like I just said, what, if you're saying, okay, a woman in a room of 20 men is gonna feel terrified, because it's her lived experience to have, you know, likely to have experienced sexual assault and all sorts of things Mm -hmm. like that, right? Is it then that a woman who goes into a room full of black men, for example, is going to be even more terrified, right? Like what? No, it's just men. (laughs) Okay. That's it. It's just men. It's just as simple as that. And I think that we can't, 
we can't unpack this analysis of why, why women feel this way, even though there are stats that vary this. This is the thing is that we aren't experiencing this kind, we're not analyzing this as stats. And I think it's actually more fair that we're not saying, well, black men do this or, or Indian men do this but or white men do this. But that's what the implication is. It's we're like- saying this is an experience that we're happening from men of all colors and genders. Maybe some are doing colors and genders, colors and ethnicities or whatever. Maybe some are experiencing more than others. For example, in Australia, you're way more likely to be sexually harassed or assaulted by a white male because of the sheer significance of white male in comparison to to black males in Australia, mm-hmm. say. But in America, it's going to be different. So that's why we're not. Let's not get into like these kind of picky details about it. Let's just all come to the party and realize the the big picture here is that at the hands of men, women are, are significantly sexually assaulted and harassed throughout their lives, and it needs to be a problem that is spoken about more you know significantly needs to be educated about and it's as simple as that yeah and and we're not like no one's disagreeing like Mm. i don't think people are disagreeing with that oh well Well, so yeah i'm sure there's some people on social media who are disagreeing with that right but yeah i guess to sum it up i mean like i would not i'm not disagreeing with that in Mm. any way shape or form right like i think that's a horrible problem and we need to do something about it i don't know what that is uh, I think a start is, like you say, men showing support and things like that. It's just then to where do we draw the line about like how far can we discriminate, you know? Because mm. can we then prejudice, not prejudice, but like say, okay, there's a certain percentage of this particular group that is likely to do something to me here. Therefore, I'm. it's okay for me to like... Mm. Not only is it okay, you will. Like you, racism and all these things are natural. Like people mm-hmm. on the progressive left think like, oh, you're evil if you think that way. Like we do have, we biases, all stereotype, yeah. we all have biases, we mm. all have. So then it's almost like, well, all right, let humans do that group analysis and let them stereotype to a certain degree because it's only natural. Um, so, yeah, like I don't, I'm not, no one's, di- I, I'm not disagreeing mm. with like the enormity of the problem and how horrific it must be. Uh, I just think when, you know, there's some guys that might be just saying, well, not all men rape, so why are you attacking me or whatever? Yeah. But that's not always what is necessarily trying to be articulated. It's sort of this, well, why? It's one thing to to feel empathy, but then if we're doing that based on the presumption that like we're allowed, you know, people will naturally feel fear from a certain group. If, if there is a, if, you know, the perpetrators of a certain crime are all from that group, Mm. where do we draw the, where else do we say that's okay in society? You know? Mm, Yeah. I get your point. I get your point. And it makes sense because if I think about it, you know, for example, I've never been sexually assaulted by an Asian male. And if Mm. I went into a room with 20 Asian men, I'm not going to feel the same fear as if I went into a room of mixed men or white men or whatever. Mm -hmm. I get, I get you, but I think it's like, that's, this isn't, that's not the battle that we're trying to fight at this point. The battle is just the, the sheer amount of assault against women at the hands of men 
like regardless and interestingly i saw this video kind of related kind of unrelated but it was a comparison video Mm -hmm. where um i don't know if you've seen on tiktok where and i don't necessarily agree with this just in terms of safety and legality and things like that but there's a song trend you know how it's like one song and they have the same trend associated to each song and it's about people saying i've survived sexual assault and then putting up photos like i will not stay silent this is the person that assaulted me this Mm -hmm. is he didn't go to whatever i went to the police i went to court and there was an edit made of this which was really interesting and this is probably you know it could be biased so i'm not saying this is factual but it showed the men that had come forward that had said you know i've been raped by other men or i've been sexually assaulted and then it showed their comments and it was just hundreds and thousands of people saying thank you for coming forward like thank you for showing men that you know it's it's nothing to be shameful for you're so strong i'm so proud of you i'm so brave and then the same video of the woman saying i'm a sexual assault survivor i was raped by a man and also showing both of them showed photos of their actual abusers and all of the women ones in this edit the comments were like proof question mark show us the evidence Mm, nah i think not i i want to hear his side two sides to every story so it was very interesting to see the difference in comments how when a man came forward everyone was so supportive and then when women were coming forward it was this instant let's question this and this isn't to relate to any stats about allegations or anything but it was kind of interesting to see how it's perceived by youth i think on tiktok because it's such a niche like um what's the word i'm looking for where they send you specific things that you're interested in interest no like um (laughs) targeted audience yeah 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 why do you think that is do you think there's a stereotype that women are more i don't know emotional and therefore more likely to misinterpret the event or something like that well i think it was someone tried to break down this edit and said that the people that were commenting on the men's video saying we're proud of you thank you were women saying we support you yeah we agree we believe you and the people that were commenting on these women's video saying where's the proof next we're all men so that's what someone said. I went through the top 10 videos of each gender with this sound, blah, blah, blah. And this is what the difference was, is that the male were commenting the ones saying, where's the evidence? Where's the proof? What's his side? And the women were the ones commenting on the men's video saying, I support you. Thank you for coming forward. We mm. agree. And it's probably because not because women are naive, but because that's something that a lot of us have experienced. So we are more inclined to agree with someone so why weren't the was it just going to different audiences I think because so. why wouldn't the woman then also be commenting on that well they were but they weren't as they were drowned out kind of there were okay. women comments but these ones were the ones that were shown were like the voted ones upvoted with multiple comments underneath it so mm. it would be like one saying where's the proof and then it would have 86 comments of other men saying agreed like fucking there's never proof those kind of things mm-hmm. whereas women weren't commenting on other ones being like we're proud of you they would just like it and then whatever mm. yeah has this just become our whole podcast i mean i guess it has now yeah <laughs> Well, <laughs> we'll do one of the questions eventually. Yeah. Heavy stuff. Mm. Heavy stuff. Anyway. What, but I don't know, but what? What's the resolution? No, like why? Like, I'm just. 
do you think now there's a stereotype because so many women have come forward that it's almost developed this stereotype of like, oh, you another one, like it's probably not even real? Yeah, I think that the sheer amount of women that have said this has happened to me has shocked people that they're like, why has no one said anything ever? And now all of a sudden every single person's experience of it, is this, you know, is this a clout thing? Is this just a trend? Is this whatever? Mm. Hashtag me too. Again, 2.0. But in my opinion, it's just that it's become normalized to call call out things. And, you know, but it's like kind of like, you know, DV back in the day, people would experience it and know it was fucking terrible, but you just kind of roll with it and keep your mouth shut. And then it became a women were standing up against being beaten in the homes and all these thousands of women coming forward saying, I was abused in my home. I had black eyes every single week and blah 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 it was when it became acceptable to call it out is Mm -hmm. when people actually realized hang on this happened to me a lot and this happened to me in four out of my five relationships or or whatever and i know women that have been abused in every single relationship they've been with been in and i've never ever no man has ever laid a hand on me that i've been you know romantically involved with or dating um but i think it's it's more to do with that like i look back on things that I've gone through and at the time was shitty and fucked up, but it wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to speak openly about this. That was, I was literally, which is sad, just thought, well, that's fucking life. Like, (laughs) got groped, that's life. Got assaulted, shit happens, like typical. But nowadays, it's like, no, that's not fucking okay. Like, you touch me, I'm going to scream. I'm going to scream. Even if you just touch my boob, it doesn't hurt. I'm going to scream so someone comes. Mm. kind of thing and there's been times where when the people are saying i want men to rally you know for women there's been times where i've been assaulted and was saved by a male and actually at least three times from just the top of my head i can think of where like one time i was at a club and this guy i was walking out the back and this guy just pushed me up against the wall i was basically in an alleyway and has pinned me. This is a different wall story. I continuously get pushed against the wall, groping me. No idea who he was. Didn't even say a word to me. He was a man, like yeah. twice my age. And I was like screaming, like, get off me, get off me, get off me. And no one could hear me. And then this guy just came up straight away. He didn't even like physically intervene. He just was like, mate, can you get off her? She doesn't, she doesn't want to be touched. And he was like, yeah, righto. And then left. But before he came in, that was like a full minute of me saying, stop touching me, stop, like, don't touch me there, like, who get let go of me kind of thing. So, and that's happened to me multiple times where this is why women are saying we need more men to kind of rally for us and call it out when it happens. Because when I see men assault women, I've been in the middle of that so many times when I witness it in public. Even if you're dating, I'm going to call it out and say, don't, don't you like slap her in the face and don't you do that. She said, no, I heard her kind of thing. Or even just go up to the girl and be like, you okay? Is he bothering you? So that's more women are wanting men to do this because they, and they are saying that it's the, it's not the men that don't assault women because, you know, statistically vast majority of men do not assault women, but it's that passivity or they're not calling it out. That's an issue or not intervening when we really need support. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, no, I, I'm <laughs> not disagreeing with that at all. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Um, I would hope if any 
if there ever is a situation like that, that I would intervene or do what I oh, could. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I can't imagine a mentality must exist, but if you're seeing someone, regardless of it's a woman or a man, getting hurt, you wouldn't try to do something to intervene. Yeah, that's what you, you like know, to think. Yeah, but... I know. I mean, if, you're, if we're talking, of, if someone has a weapon and that, then I don't know what you can do there. But yeah, um, even still, so many people turn a blind eye. Like everyone likes to look up the bystanders effect if you're watching this, because everyone claims, yeah. like ninety five percent of people or something, claim that they would intervene when something happens, but realistically, not even not even seven out of ten people or six out of ten people or even half the people would intervene in a crisis sometimes never like there's that famous case of the woman that was getting um we're talking about when someone's getting attacked or when someone's getting assaulted what are we well just anything in general like there's one really i think you might have even brought it up once really famous case of a woman that was getting um she was in an apartment block kind of like this where there's a courtyard in the middle yeah. and then all the apartments surround and she was in the middle in it was at nighttime but people could see it happening and she was getting stabbed and murdered and she was screaming and screaming and screaming for help no anyway she died and when all the neighbors were interviewed and there was basically i can't remember how many like 20 plus witnesses that yeah. all heard her or saw her but no one called the police because they all assumed someone else had um, and it took her 30 minutes to die because and if someone had just called the police, yeah, yeah. she wouldn't have died. So it was that's the kind of thing. And even I you can like experiment yourself. It's super interesting when when getting off a bus, no one's saying thank you, people are leaving. One person says thank you, everyone behind you starts saying thank you. So or one um one another study that was done was they got people to lie in like country towns on the Mm. road to look as though not as they're homeless but as though they've collapsed and then these people go hours and hours and not a single person would stop one person stops then 17 people come to help and be like you okay like blah 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 Mm. but before that three hours no a single person had even stopped or walked up to that person so super interesting Mm. Mm. there you go yeah Yeah, bystander, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. If so much of these, if if assaults are happening, say, you know, in a, where someone's gone back to a room and they're, you know, in, yeah, a, in private. a private space or if they're in a, in a home, what, what can, what else can, um, I suppose if you know that person and they seem mm. like they could have issues, do you talk to them or do you go to the police? What do you do? You talk to them because the the police, this has actually just happened in, um, in I guess, oh, I had to be careful, but people very close uh, close to me, yeah. are like friends, friends, right? Can, oh, sorry, you go on, you it, go on. Anyway. Yeah. Someone, it was found that a male in a friendship group of mine had sexually assaulted someone. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the details or the extent of it. But someone else had gone to the police and there was heaps of evidence collated. But mm. because no one knew the name of the victim, they the police dropped the case um, and they didn't even approach the male directly or if they did, he denied it or something. But it was dropped like that. Even though heaps of people come forward being like, yeah, I've got messages to prove this, pictures or whatever. Mm. So it is – I wouldn't say go to the police directly, although it never hurts, but try to um, – 
try to kind of get through to your friend to at least create a SARA report, like I mentioned before. So at least there's something on record. Nothing is going to be done against the perpetrator legally. But if two years pass and you're like, holy fuck, I can, I'm ready to deal with this now, then it's there. At least some basic evidence, not evidence, but information about what happened that can help you. Mm-hmm. And get a get a, a rape kit done, even if you're not planning on pressing charges, just get one done anyway, because you'd be so surprised how much you you change your opinion in the future. What do you say to someone who has values that that make that sort of stuff okay? You know, if they think in yeah. their mind, oh, it's fine to do that because that's the way I was brought up or that's just the way you should be as a man, you can't really reason with someone like that. As in they, they're a witness or as in they're no, like no, a victim? They're, that you, you suspect that they could be an assaulter, oh. a perpetrator. <laughs> Is assaulter a word? No, I don't yeah. think so. I don't know. <laughs> perpetrator. Um, yeah, that's happened to me a lot. Because you can't just yeah. go up to – if someone thinks, yeah, it's fine to just – Yeah. Oh, they're asking for it if they wear a short skirt. You can't be like – Don't ever approach yeah, the – Yeah, look, man. Yeah. They're going to, you know – what do you do? Well, actually, this is the whole point of women saying this is when you should call out your peers. So if it's if it's someone you know and someone that they respect you, you're more likely to be like, man, that's not fucking cool. Like, don't lay your hands on her. At least if you're saying that, that's something. Yeah. Uh, rather than being like, I know the boys have got my back. You know, when a bitch talks back, <laughs> doesn't really happen like that. <laughs> but you know, we don't we don't want to kind of encourage that. It's at least don't be passive and be like, yeah, man, I understand. Like, shit happens. Don't say that. You. Just put your opinion. Man, that's so fucked up. Can't believe you fucking did that. That's that's actually so messed up. That's not okay. Regardless of whether or not it changes their opinion, that's only so much you can do. If the woman doesn't want to press charges, you can't do anything about it. But at least don't stand by it. Mm. Yeah. And and make that known is the big thing. Because no one stands by, well, not many people, majority of people wouldn't stand by sexually assaulting. But a lot of people wouldn't do anything about it. Yeah, if they're not directly involved mate. with the yeah. with the victim or the perpetrator. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm. <laughs> this is a heavy this one, is a isn't it? Appropriate response. It's very different to yes. the last one. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we can. We can. We probably don't have time to do both these questions. Uh, let's get into. Let's do one, that one. I think this one, yeah, yeah, because it's a longer question, but it's a it's a personal one. So yeah. we can do a whole podcast on the other one. Yeah. So the other one is about mummy daddy issues. We'll we'll do that in the coming weeks. Okay. Would you like to read this one? Sure thing. Hi, Neil and Eliza. I have two friends who have been dating since 2011, T and M. They went to the same primary school, separate high schools, but were reconnected in year. 12 they were also each other's first for everything sexually they've been living together for the last five years and have moved to various states together m is very opinionated and wears the pants so m is the girl um t standard (laughs) t is very relaxed and non-confrontational for the last (laughs) passive do you know any conference do you know any relationships where the man is the man wears the pants. Um, yes, I do, but I don't like them. <laughs> why? 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 Uh, sometimes I've been with men that wear the pants that have been in a good way, like yeah, respectful, yeah, yeah. confident. But yeah. it, often I find that men that like to think they wear the pants can be very aggressive, controlling. Um, but that's not that's not majority. 
Hmm. It's just that sometimes that can go hand in hand, just as it is with the women that yeah, but women that can wear the pants. Yeah, they're also controlling. Can be yeah, and I definitely think in my relationship, I definitely am the pants wearer. Yeah, because Adrian is so he's very passive and very gentle, but I'm not like a bitch. We've literally never had a fight or disagreement ever. But he likes that. He's just so like I love, like someone. So you're love bombing him. Yeah, fuck. That's why. Just getting what I want. The, that's one of the things. It was like, oh, you never have fights. That's manipulation. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but he. That's how he likes it. Like he's just like I like someone that can kind of just you know say it how it is or you know make. He always says if we had kids, he'd be like, oh, I just want you to make like the big parenting decisions, and I'm like, good. I want to do that <laughs> whereas other people are like no 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 so just it's just different folks with different strokes I've been in various types yep. of relationships where I've taken kind of different roles and I've never had an issue in either one where someone wears the pants more it's completely equal or I do mm. basically all of them have worked for me perfectly so it depends but yeah it is very common that I think women can get Nowadays. ball busters a little bit yeah. so um Especially now with everything. Yeah. Well, let's go. Yeah. Let's read that okay. and then we'll maybe also analyze why okay. that may be. So, M and T have been together forever, basically. Mm-hmm. And M has been dropping constant hints about marriage, proposal, rings that she likes directly to T as well as to the rest of the friend group, both behind T's back and passive aggressively in front of him through th- certain comments. This has got the whole <laughs> new level in the last few months. This has gotten worse with M pulling aside numerous members of our friendship group who are close with T and asking them to push T to propose. When asked by M or anyone else about <laughs> marriage or proposing, T will just ignore the comment and change the subject and walk away or just say nothing altogether. Everyone in my friend group is getting a bit fed up with the both of them regarding this issue. Some think that T is just waiting until someone else in our group gets engaged first. And some think that T doesn't want to propose and does not want to cause confrontation by telling M or breaking up with her. Others are also worried about T stringing M along for so long with no intention of proposing. Do you have any advice for them or us as a friend group as to how to deal with this or any insight to their relationship? Well, someone's my first reaction there is like someone's got to actually like start the confrontation or the conversation the conversation yeah well it sounds like yeah. it would end in a conversation it's because people are just avoiding the confrontation um the friend group doesn't want to have a confrontation because maybe they think it's not really their business but yeah. it's clearly annoying them and uh you know t doesn't want to have a conversation or a confrontation and and then even um, M with the with the hints rather than maybe outwardly just saying it. Someone well, it says just she means, does in oh, okay. constantly in front of him, but also, also privately. So she wears the pants, and then all the no, the friend group also <laughs> is very passive as well. Yeah. See, this is a thing though, because as if I put myself in the perspective of the friends, it's something that I would find also really frustrating if my girlfriend was like, "Oh, drop hints to him, tell him I like this ring, like do this." I'll be like, "Woman, like we've talked about this way too fucking much. Like I'm over it. I'm tired." So. I do kind of understand the frustration towards M, especially because she does seem like she's quite pushy and she really wants this and she's dragging everyone into it and she's probably being passive aggressive and causing arguments with T about it. However, T, the man, has a responsibility that if she he's they've been together for 10 years. If I was been someone for 10 years, I would be like asking the same things, where's my ring? Where's engagement? Whatever. You have to normalize conversations being like, you don't need to say when exactly, 
but it should be normal and comfortable to be like, I need to know, is this going to happen the next couple of years? We've been together for 10 fucking years. Like, when do you see yourself doing this? Is this something that you want? Because this is a basic relationship compatibility. So, mate, I don't think that this is your battle or the friendship battle to kind of fight other than I wouldn't engage in it. I would not agree to be dropping hints to T because it's not going to work. T seems to be shutting down every single part of conversation. Like you said, he says nothing altogether, changes the subject or literally walks off. That's frustrating as hell for M. Walks off. (laughs) Yeah. So I sympathize with M um, because I I can only imagine, you know, as, as a woman. So she's she's been together they've been together since year 12 so what's that you're 18 10 years later so they're in their late 20s right now 28 so you know she she wants to know is this is this the direction that her life is going to be heading in or not because and she has a right to know that answer i think like t can't just hold her hostage in a relationship and avoid this question he needs to figure out his shit even if it's, look, this isn't something I want to do to my mid-30s or my 40s. That's so fine if that's what you want. But you need to communicate that. Yeah. Communication is key there. Communication I mean, is key. One of them just has to... Yeah, it sounds like it's more... If T's avoiding this conversation... Yeah. You can't. you, you got to have the conversation. Yeah. And then maybe the friends... I don't know. Maybe just not a aggressive message, but something like, hey, look, I can see that you're very intent on our friend proposing to you but you know it's just getting a bit tiresome for us yeah. to be dragged into it um we would rather if you just leave it between the two of you something like that yeah i think is, is would be fair and also as the person that wrote in about this is a male and this is me making an assumption but if you're friends with t um as yeah yeah if you're friends with the other guy you can have a man's man chat boys chat and just be like man what's holding you back or like what's what's holding you back and having the conversation not necessarily doing it but you can express your frustration to your friend and be like not so much put it on m being like stop telling us you want to get him proposed we get it but you can go to t as well and be like hey you know she's she's bringing this up a lot and i think you owe it to her to explain where you're at in your life and what you see for yourself and for your relationship Mm. because he's he's just keeping her in a holding pattern to be honest at that point 10 years in i'd probably be the i'd probably be that annoying as well as em and being nagging about it like i hate to say it and admit it but i probably would like what the hell 10 years you're still young you're only 28 but um you need to have these conversations about where you want to be yeah so T, sort your shit out. Bite the bullet. Someone's got to bite the bullet there. Yeah. And well, it looks like someone's, she's like, you know, this is a classic kind of like pursue withdrawal pattern where she's pursuing something so intensely that he's then being pushed away further and further or withdrawing further and further because he doesn't like these conversations. So mm, maybe the more she, pers- yeah, the more she pursues, the more he's going to dig his heels in. It's ever avoidant, anxious. Yeah. But then she's thinking, if I don't bring it up, then he's just never going to do it. So mm. it's a kind of lose-lose battle. He actually needs – it's pretty clear where she's at. She sees them getting married. Mm-hmm. She wants that soon. So he needs to communicate what he wants. It's only fair. Mm. Yep, agreed. Agreed. There you go. Why do so many women wear the pants? <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> I knew it was going to come back. Uh, because – 
this I know why the reason is why and this is a stereotype that is you know factually kind of thing is that women are more emotional so they're going to be leading conversations about things that they want things that you know this is where I'm feeling in my relationship this is where I need they're more likely to start these conversations being like I expect this or I want this or I desire this from you whereas men Mm. are more likely to have an issue and not say something and just carry it with them or or wait till it passes or or whatever they may not have those whether it be communication skills or enough of a feeling like their partner is open enough to having these emotional conversations but regardless Mm. women have a tendency more to lead emotive conversations and therefore will have you know the kind of pant wearing thing because of if he's a bit quiet or or doesn't you know want to make confrontation or doesn't want to make all these decisions he just allows her to (laughs) he's too scared of uh you know having her not want to have sex with him (laughs) Yes. So, <laughs> well, I've got to keep her happy. Exactly. Um, but That's yeah. my big technical breakdown. That, I like <laughs> my it. big intellectual breakdown of it. Honestly. I watched... Um, That's why you should be non-monogamous. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at this little Everyone foot hates up Even the listeners. I saw those comments. All right. Uh, the one time I looked at comments, even which the was listeners the, hate it. Which is the that. comment that you struggled with the most? Oh, just the one of the, the guy saying I'm selfish. It's like, look, all right. Wait, in reference to what? The non-monogamy thing. Uh, I, I'm not going to convince people because you can see how passionate people get about this. But, like, look, I put it to you. I'm just putting the argument to you that it is not any personal attack or it doesn't affect you personally at all. I guess, you know, I have a profile of my, like, influencing people to do an immoral thing. Well, that's very subjective. All right. Mm. But, look. If it's and it's what Jeffrey Miller actually articulated, it's the best argument I've had for people who are still just disagree with it, which is like let ten, let even two percent of the population try this out. Okay, it could fail miserably for them. We could realize that it's an absolute disaster and a catastrophe, and no one should ever do it. Let them do. Yes. They're the ones taking that risk. Okay, yeah. it's not you're not being forced to do it. No one else is being forced to do anything they don't want. I mean, yes, there's this sort of hookup culture now. What people talk about is hookup culture. And, you know, there's this mm. perception people are just willing to move on to the next thing and want to have sex really quickly. And, well, actually, rates of sex have gone down, but, mm. you know. Except for old Shane. <laughs> old Shane He was the hookup in, hook in the club. Oh, yeah, from our last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's my little passionate. Oh, we still got some time, but it's... Um, Anyway, just want to put that out there. I won't talk. I, I, no, I still will talk about it, but <laughs> I do. Like, yeah, I talk as about if it you wouldn't. A, It'll come up again next week. I know. Okay. To be fair, sometimes when I talk about these things, it comes across in a very like, well, I've read the statistics that this is the right thing to do. I get how it comes across and fine. I apologize for that. But like <laughs> I have. Like, I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, I, do you know what's really funny I'm not that lying I've observed about you, Neil, is that <laughs> in our previous podcast, when you get really passionate about something, your hands start here, right? And you're like, <laughs> and then the more involved you get, the higher up your hands get. And then they sometimes, <laughs> even a couple of weeks ago in one of our podcasts, yeah. your hands are raised like this for a solid like 10 minutes, just up like what this. What was I talking about? I can't remember, but they were just like, I was like, are his arms not sore? 
floor, like it was just right above your head. But do you know what that means? Is <laughs> people abstract. that have their arms by their head yeah. are head thinkers, logic thinkers. I, when I talk and I'm th- I've got my hands here in front of my chest because I'm a heart thinker. Interesting. And gut people, like people that go by instinct and, and gut feelings, they've always got their hands down here. They're like, fuck this, like kind of thing. So it's super interesting. And you're always like... <laughs> Fucking hands up here. Show me the stats. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the stats. Yeah. I can see how that came across. Even at the start of this podcast, I can see how I can I, that mentality can come across very cold and 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 heartless when there's a very obvious problem and sensitive topic yeah. that's affecting so many people. And you're like, yes, but some of the statistics are, are misinterpreted. <laughs> I get it. I can, I can see how that comes across. So Good hopefully insight. people didn't, you know, come go, at you. go through that initial period of the podcast and, and hopefully they hear me say, well, well I mean, I, I see how it comes across. I'm still not backing down from it, but like, yeah, yeah. I, I hope people can understand the, the best version of what I'm saying. And I'm not saying, you know, therefore like, you know, there's no problem or anything yeah, like yeah. that at all. Um, exactly. And yeah. True that. Well, that was a very, that was one of our best podcasts, I think. This one? Well, that was, that because it was very intense at the start. Isn't <laughs> me getting attacked by your cat? And then we had a good question. <laughs> and then um, hey. I had a little speech Rant. at the end. <laughs> And then Shorty <laughs> bit my arms now, but it was kind of cute still. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm not saying I'm not. Kids are not pets. Okay. Yeah, he's got a pet. I've got a pet. Uh, did you get any friend wife applications? Oh yeah, wait, I has that one. been released yet? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 it has. One or two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. Did. Are they people that you? I'm chatting to them. Slept with? No. <laughs> I <laughs> because tell the them, would... women or men, if yeah. you are watching this and you message Neil, I made it very clear to message me. And I will go through the process. So halt those conversations. No, you can message Direct me. them oh. to me. Why do you want to be the suitor for my friend? Because <laughs> I'm more qualified so to. So I'm going to have a friend-wife relationship and then you're still going to wear the pants. I'm going to be the pimp. You're going to be the pimp of my friend-wife. <laughs> the friend-wife pimp. <laughs> That's my dream. Damn. 30% of your income has to go to me. <laughs> <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. there's just so many i mean yeah i like the other comments so, that you were trying to start a cult as well <laughs> i didn't read all of them what, what oh whoops yeah to start a cult? oh fuck off like, <laughs> i want to start a cult. <laughs> start a cult what so like I, it's my you I've and like your multiple, multiple friend wives <laughs> that i secretly like abuse and or then your side bitches and your 84 children <laughs> <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> no, not the cult part. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Am I being selfish? I don't think I am. I think, like I just said, I, I, I just think, well, if you're setting this standard that, you know, any sort of desire outside of your primary partner, I mean, how many people, first of all, the rates of cheating are now 50-50 mm. in millennial relationships um, it's 50%, you know, it was always men generally cheated more, but now of yeah. our millennial couples, if anything, it's trending towards women and now their rates of infidelity continue to increase. So, yeah, equality. <laughs> you, you, you did it. Yeah. Well done. Well done, sisters. Um, yeah. 
you know, there's there's just, and again, that may not be just because it's hard. It doesn't mean you don't do it. I'm not, you know, there's plenty of hard things you do that, you know, maybe, hey, don't, don't bite that. Um, <laughs> that wasn't, he's not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, just because it's hard, it doesn't mean you don't do it. I understand that argument as well. But you also shouldn't fall in love with your suffering, which is that that's a very grand, you know, oh, philosophical thanks. idea. And then it's just like if you're suffering and you're not actually feeling desire in a monogamous relationship, but you're suffering through it because you're like, this is so important. This is, you know, this is a purpose higher than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may have, and then you're attacking anyone who maybe questions that. Could you have fallen in, you know, I got to look inwards and be like, am I just being selfish? And potentially I am. Yeah. But um, people get so, you know, adamant about their own values. Yeah. That's the only way. And Have you fallen in love with your suffering? Ask yourself that because people, we all, I fall in love with my suffering. We all do all Mm. the time. And we think we're virtuous because we've suffered for this particular thing. But is it a virtuous, that's all. Look, the way to convince, I'm easily convinced right show me really? that like that suffering and that sacrifice mm. is 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 um the opportunity cost of that is is worse than actually participating in that sacrifice then i will do it okay this is what i'm thinking <laughs> we do a longitude study yeah. in 40 years we have a reunion wait how old will we be yet yeah, okay 40 Six, years 66 we'll have a reunion you open relationships me long-term monogamous marriage who's happier <laughs> Probably. Or, or do yeah, you want to do friend life? Yeah, true. I'll be like, I had eight divorces, man. It was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, we can do that. Yeah, fuck Just, it. But you need a bigger sample space than two, okay. two very different people. If anyone else would like to come into the study, send me forty dollars and we will sign you up. Yes, but I've also but look <laughs> and my, join our cult. Look, I've thought about this. See, this is it's not just some people act like oh you've just want to fuck other people and you haven't thought about it it's like i've spent so long thinking about this literally listen to any other podcast and <laughs> that we've reading done about over the this. last like nine months yeah so so a big <laughs> to, to to point out a flaw already in that study is that when you're like in a minority and mm. you're constantly being bombarded with stuff like this right or you're a bad person for doing that or you're yeah. you know why would you do that? I could never do that. That adds up over time, right? You're basically a, a I can't believe I'm about to say that. You're an oppressed minority. <laughs> no, you're not I oppressed. I just want to fuck okay, heaps of women. Oppressed. You're not oppressed. oppressed. You're not oppressed, but you are constantly being yeah. inundated with this. You're placed into a you're minority. Wrong. You're wrong for doing that. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Now, that can be a good thing because then you latch on to that group and you're like, oh, I feel so special being part of this group, right? Yes. But I don't, I've met a few other people that want to do that and I don't want to be part of that that's group. So, that's literally that's how like church um, cults become a thing exactly so so that's a big thing as well like when you know all your friends and everyone's being like oh i could never i could never no i could never do that is is fine but it's like mm, you just Strong. haven't you haven't yeah. met the right person yet it's like look i've been very deeply in love okay <laughs> and i've done mono- monogamous ones as well where i was like this is the person i want to marry and, and then look what happened she told you you're an attractive driver <laughs> as part of it yeah yeah, no, so, it's like this. Yeah, maybe I am just resent. Maybe it was like, no. oh, I failed once, and now I'm like looking for all these. This different is the things. same it, thing just... that women experience. I don't want to have babies, and people are like, when you're thirty, 
you'll want babies or when you meet the right partner it'll yeah. just be a natural progressive and they're like look i know i don't want babies like yeah it's so get true. the fuck over it just because you want babies and want to ruin the environment and yeah. whatever <laughs> which <laughs> by the way i do <laughs> so <laughs> but you know ruining the environment yes i'm doing more for the environment even by not being a vegan than Pro- if you have well, babies yeah actually you are yeah so there you go. It's the single worst thing you can do so, yeah, as an individual. A <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, Adopt, don't shop. Yeah, I've heard stories of people who go up to single people and are like, show them pictures of their kids and are like, but your career doesn't give you happiness like this does. <laughs> and it's like this ugly little gremlin. And <laughs> <laughs> like you're clearly insecure about the choices yeah. you made, so you need to attack other people. Yeah. No one's judging. Like if people don't want our babies, let them not have babies, all right? I mean... It, you do have to sometimes how much are people being influenced by, you know, their their church or society or even modern progressive ideology? How much is that influencing them to say, no, I don't want to be a I don't want to have babies and have a family versus, you know, if you'd grown up in another society, would you have wanted to? In the same way, you know, I'm sure if I'd grown up in another society, I'd have all sorts of different views. But mm-hmm. that I mean, we everyone's being influenced there. So it's not really an argument. Yeah, that's the thing. I talked about this before where people came at me about it, but you'll always be ahead in life if you can just be open to other people. Even if you don't agree, just be open to it. Just be like, that's cool, man. Tell me about it. I'm interested. Yeah. Life will be a lot more enjoyable because if you're the type of person that's going to get offended by other people's decisions, like, what the fuck? How dare you do this? Whatever. Life is just going to be miserable. Just find enjoyment in the little things. Be curious. That's it. Be curious. Mm. And I don't, I've never actually been in favor of polyamory anyway. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get that. That's one where I'm like, I can't love multiple people. That yeah. seems hard to me. But I wouldn't, you know, good on them for doing it. Yeah. People need to try these different things so we can, mm-hmm. you know. So real Neil's doing us a service you by sleeping with multiple women. He's, he's educating the masses. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now that you say it like that. <laughs> Damn, that's actually what I'm... Classic like, Aries. Look, man, I'm doing a thing with society. Yeah. Maybe, On that you know, note. Now that you say it like that, oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go back to the argument, which is like, it's no skin of your... It's it's really not affecting you at all. Yes. I guess, okay, if you really put a fine-tooth comb on, on my arguments and said, look, even if 20% of men... 20% of people did that, then suddenly the dating pool is a lot smaller potentially because, you know, more people are being non-monogamous and, and <sighs> that could be, you know, that that could be one criti- that could be... It's not going to happen anytime it's, soon it's, unless yeah, you're going to want to date people 20 years younger than you, you know, it's so don't, don't fret. I, I feel your pain because this is I get this shit all the time as a vegan. I never start a fight with people. People start a fight with me when they find out I'm a vegan. I'm like, why is it so offensive to you that I am reaping in good karma, benefiting the animals and the environment and just being better than you in general? <laughs> just it's kidding. So true. That stereotype like- <laughs> of like that stereotype of like the annoying vegan. It's like annoying anti vegans, if anything. Yes. It's like people are like Pfft. You're ve- oh, you're gonna fucking lecture me, hey? Yes. You're gonna be so annoying. It's like, it's, Literally, no, you're the annoying one there. That's that's it. All I ever say to anyone when they come at me for being vegan is just think of the karma I get in comparison to you. That's it. I think people think they're automatically being judged by uh, yeah. 
And to be fair, yeah, there are some some do some do judge, yeah. And uh, maybe it maybe it's fair to to you know sometimes if you're eating a burger, if someone said you know do you, do you know where that came from and stuff, it can be uncomfortable, yeah. but. It's yeah. still a fair question. Now, that's different to being like, oh, you're a fucking bad, but how dare yeah. you do that? Well, even just know your audience because for some people like you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. I'm curious to hear your stance. And then some people were like, do you know where that burger came from? You'd be like, mate, shut the fuck up and let me eat my burger. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's know the your, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Know your audience. Yeah, know your audience, vegans. Um, <laughs> and how many vegan, Let's put a poll. How many vegans actually listen to this podcast? Tell us in the YouTube comments. If you're a vegan, you can get a... I'm going to guess not many. Yeah, especially because it's a lot of what's the vast majority of male listeners. It's a lot of what are the gender statistics for veganism? Massively leaning towards females. Yeah, really yeah. interesting. Do you think that's because it's seen as a compassionate thing? Um, or? Yeah, I think so because, you know, with the kind of empathy that more females tend to have is they will look at these things and be like, holy fuck. If only this is the uh, uh, this is the struggle of vegans that I do understand is that if people had really done three hours of education about the impact, not just on animals aside, because some people don't give a shit about if animals are hurt, they don't care, that's fine. But just even just on the environment, people are like, how can you know these things and still do this? Mm. And other people are like, well, I know these things and I don't really care. That's a future person's problem. That's future, mm. you know, generations issue. And when I learned these things, I was like, I can't, I can't do that shit. I mean, you know, I haven't eaten meat since I was like twelve, so fourteen years now. Oh wow, you did it that young. Yeah. So Damn. um, and I've never gone back. So, you know, for some people, it's just like this makes the most sense. But still, why does that explain the gender? Because then, well, I just think that why? it's first of all, society accepts female vegans more. Um, it's more acceptable to be. You know, a lot of men mm. don't want to have that social isolation. Like my boyfriend's a vegan, but he's a tradie. <laughs> so Good that's a him, unique, honestly. yeah. That's very unique, yeah. yeah. I, love, I always love when stereotypes don't yeah. match. But he's got the benefit of being I like the team leader or a manager so that he's yeah. like, he's got a higher rank so they can't give him too much shit. Um, but yeah. So. so he would have had to cop it. Oh, yeah, when he was younger. exactly. Damn, the boys at the job site would have fucking given yeah. it to him, hey? Yeah. Well, they'll all get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he can say. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> so, yeah. fuck, that was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. But, yeah, so I think it's it's a lot of about that. and um, But, you know, in my friend groups, the vegans, more than half of them are male anyway. So it's interesting. But that's because yeah, I'm like, in Sydney, in the city. It's like acting, right? You don't see a lot of men getting into acting in theatre. But if you're a straight man in acting and you're like yeah. not an idiot, you're drowning in it. In what? What are you drowning in? What do you think? <laughs> Hope, love. A lot of love. Let's say that. A lot of physical love. So Really? Well, yeah. Yeah, men in, in the theatre that aren't gay. Which are very, very rare. Oh, from they're getting it from other theatre girls? Or yeah. Just, oh, yeah, fair. because then you're also dealing with artistic people who are far more sexually open and liberated and things. Yeah. And experimental. So if you're a straight, especially a musical theatre. Yes. If you're yeah. like the one, there's one straight guy in every musical theatre cohort in, yeah. in all the acting schools. That guy is the king. 
literally i so get that because i would not have matched with my boyfriend or responded to him if i didn't know he was vegan because he was so dry and minimal in conversation <laughs> so but as soon as i found out vegan i was like this is a huge common interest and bless his soul he's the sweetest person in the whole world so thankfully yeah. i did but yeah that's a good that's another we should okay, put that yeah, on the picking, up, picking one. <laughs> up one yeah become vegan go vegan but genuinely do it <laughs> please <laughs> then we'll make our own cult there yeah. you go all right. Well, thank you for listening to that one. That one was all over the place. A roller coaster yeah, of emotions. Yeah, yeah. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. Share this podcast. Uh, Neilkarker.com slash podcast. Follow Eliza on Instagram. And don't call Neil selfish unless you have stats. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do it. I don't care. I obviously, I'm triggered, obviously, but it's all good. Uh, see you next week. See you next time.